0: Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode seventeen. Today is Tuesday, April sixteenth. We are back after quite some time away. Yeah, I think it was over a month. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kamran Schuster, With me is James Seelig. Look... Yeah, we've been gone. I want to say it's yeah, it's been a little bit over a month. Um, we've both been busy with a lot of stuff, uh, multiple works and other things like that. For me and James, you've had school going on yeah. still.
1: I had finals, and then spring break ended up being super busy for me because some dude hit my car on the way home on the freeway. Enough damage to apparently total my car.
0: Yeah, that was... So... Sucks, dude. Yeah.
1: So my, uh, what was going to be a week of nothing but fun stuff to do ended up being mostly, you know, see how much I'm going to have to pay to fix my car. <laughs> But uh-huh.
0: eh, whatever. At least you got a. You'll have something. <laughs> you'll yeah. you get a new car or get a repair or something like that. One I mean,
1: two. luckily, as far as the current estimate from the the shop, because like I I actually asked them to try to fix my car. Um, they the amount of money that the insurance company is sending me is a equivalent to what they currently say it's going to cost so i should be out maybe twelve dollars but we'll see
0: gotcha yeah okay i'm well, hoping <laughs> so besides being gone through all that busyness uh we also took a small break to kind of reformat the show itself uh so we made some changes i talked to some, a few of my friends that have actually listened to it a bit and given me feedback on it One big, or the two main changes is we're trying to make it, uh, shorter, but by doing that, we're going to be eliminating a lot of the news we always talk about, which when I say that, I mean, the news that we're eliminating is the news that usually is like, we're saying something as if it's like another journalist site where, uh something happened on this day and then we just talk about it for a brief second but not really delve into it or give our full opinions or like have a full discussion on it so if it's something that's more of like a highlight we're dropping those completely from the show just so we'll have maybe honestly the goal is to have maybe two to three topics for like gaming news and two to three topics for movie tv news every episode so to keep each one shorter but also with those smaller amounts of topics we can delve into them further so it's more of that less is more type thing Which uh, we're also going to do with kind of what we play and watch So instead of like saying oh yeah I played this And then that's it We're just going to not talk about it at all Unless there's like a full review of a show or a movie or a game Or maybe you have full thoughts on something Or like we're doing like a recap or something like that uh, But otherwise like those kind of short Meaningless ones we're pretty much eliminating altogether um, Another big thing for this show specifically is because we've been gone for so long we kind of cut off a lot of different things we still have news through from throughout the month uh big topics of course not the small ones like i said but we're cutting out uh a lot of different ones but keeping very important ones like the stadia news uh star wars stuff um dc marvel everything else like that in order to do that though it's going to be another long episode so to counteract that, we're actually splitting it in half. So this is actually episode 17A, which is going to come out first. And this is all going to be on gaming specifically. And then uh, we'll stagger out maybe like a couple days later or so. We'll see. Uh, we'll have 17B come out. And that's going to be basically all the movie TV news and talk in g- general. Um, it's hopefully just going to be like this for this episode. And then after that, we'll be back to either like a bi-weekly format or something like that where it's just twice a month and we just have, like I said, two to three of each uh, section and just knock them out as they go. But another reason why we have to put in half is because we've watched and played a lot of stuff since then and even though we eliminated a bunch that are meaningless, we do have a lot to actually discuss and talk about and review. So with no further ado, I guess we should start our gaming-centric episode with what we've been playing. James, would you like to begin? So, I...
1: I haven't really been playing a whole lot since last we talked. Uh, I've been playing mostly Apex Legends still in my spare time. Uh, The main... I guess the main thing that happened between since last we talked and now is that the first season pass went up, which, like, pretty much every Battle Royale online shooter thing nowadays has some sort of season pass to give people some incentive to keep coming back and I bought it just because I got got a season pass for Fortnite once and I was really impressed with how well thought out like each level is and how you're constantly unlocking like little things and stuff I don't feel that for Apex Legends like it's still fun to play the game but the season pass is like feels kind of useless yeah, it's, like, almost everything you get is, like, lackluster skins or, like, voice lines from people. It's it's nothing really interesting in, unless you get to, like, the max level of the season, then you unlock, like, the one actually interesting different skin for a gun. But it takes, like, a while to, to get one level. So... I don't know. I I feel like Apex is still a fun game, but that season pass is
0: pretty pointless. So would you for, say at least for this one, uh, continue playing the game, but don't buy at least the season one pass?
1: Yeah, like the new characters they're putting out are pretty fun. I, I, I actually bought Octane is the new guy. He's actually really fun to play as. I like him. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I also like that he's apparently... A reference to Titanfall Two. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, like apparently, like his character bio is like he's got robot legs, and his whole thing is he just likes going really, really fast. You know, hence the name Octane. And apparently, he blew his legs off trying to beat some sort of speed record uh, by propelling himself with a grenade explosion, and that's a reference to a uh, uh, Titanfall Two speedrunner who was able to beat the record time on the training course at the beginning of the game by propelling himself faster with grenades. So that's, that, I like that. That's an interesting little touch. But yeah, I'd say the season pass you could do without itself. Yeah, it's kind of pointless. And then uh, the main thing that I played a lot of that I tried to spend my, uh, my spring break, what little time I had playing, was Anthem. Which holy shit! I've got some problems with that game. Like it's it's really hard to summarize everything wrong with it in in like a short amount of time. It's just like the main points are I don't really like the designs of any of the suits. I think they're kind of all not good looking in my opinion, but that's that's just subjective. There's, like, almost no story. The the main bad guy, the monitor, you really never get any deeper motivations from him other than, I want to control the Anthem because then I can control everything. Like, but why? Like, why do you want this ultimate power? Like, what... Like, I think they were trying to make him... A Thanos style. I'm trying to get this ultimate power to, to do good because he was he basically wanted to, I think, create whatever resources humanity needed to like, I don't know, advance. Mm -hmm. But I was never told why that was bad. I don't know. It was so confusing and i don't know if we want to get into it more in the news section there's there was an article that came out from kotaku per, like pretty much a week after i finished the game detailing exactly what went wrong with anthem and it's a very long article and it's very detailed and it is
0: interesting like should i get into it now or just later Uh, I would say it's up to you, just because I would honestly recommend everyone just to read it, if anything. Um, I personally, like, you've played a ton more of Anthem than I have, like, since I last talked about playing. That's the last time I have played. Like, I've had no itch to return, just because also my friends and I haven't had a chance to jump on yet. And uh, actually, my one friend that did not have headphones, uh, which forced us to also kind of use Discord... Uh, I went over and bought him headphones, and he paid me back just because I had, like, the Microsoft discount. So I'm like, all right, here you go, dude. Now we can all play whenever we eventually feel like playing, which just hasn't come up yet. But uh, in terms of the article, if you just want to talk briefly about your thoughts, I would say that's the best. I'd
1: say the biggest issue is just really bad mismanagement. I mean, like anthem was in like one of the, the one of the main thoughts i had the entire time i was playing the game was just how broken it was like n- so many things seemed to either just barely work or they would try to fix something and it would break something else like like they hadn't been at it for long enough like the game had supposedly been in development for 7 years or something like that
0: so and, you fix one part of the pipe and you plug it up and then the other part starts leaking.
1: Yeah, basically. And it's and that's not uncommon for game development from what I've heard. It's just that like usually w- by the time a game comes to market, they've fixed most it of those out. leaks. Yeah. And uh, like one of the things that I thought was strange was even you know the game had only been out for like a couple weeks or 3 weeks by the time I got to it. And they were trying to do the whole roadmap thing where they're bringing out new stuff. And one of the things they brought out were these like Elysian chest keys or whatever that was supposed to guarantee you good loot for doing stuff. But those were horribly broken. And it like it broke the loot system for like a couple times. (laughs) And, And like people were reporting that sometimes the keys would just disappear from their inventory. Like, they would use one on a chest and it wouldn't work. And you could only get, like, one a day. So, I just was... The whole time, I was like, how is this such a broken experience? Like, this is Bioware. They had seven years to make this. Turns out, they didn't make it in seven years. Turns out, due to really, really bad mismanagement, the game was in pre-production for about five years. Where literally they would have meetings where they would have people come in they'd be brainstorming ideas for how they want to go about building stuff for the game and they would have different people suggest different things and there was never a single person that was just like okay let's go with that idea and not that idea you know there was no one driving the ship so they didn't really come to any concrete decisions until about like 2 years before Anthem came out when EA was like, hey, where's the game you promised us? And they literally ended up making basically the entirety of Anthem in about 18 months.
0: That's that's how you do it, man. That's uh <laughs> And that oh, was the funny BioWare.
1: thing. Like one of the one of the things the article pointed out was that the the management kept saying, like, don't worry, there's a thing here at Bioware called the Bioware Magic where which is basically their belief that no matter how bad shit looks like it is it will always they'll always fix it in the end and they just expected that to always kick in that like eventually they would get to crunch time and shit would just av- work out
0: when you say it, the end is that like the end before the game releases or the by yeah. the end of the game itself post release no, no, no. Uh, and usually it's before they release the game. So they didn't realize they missed the magic with Andromeda? No, that did was they, a, did they think that was actual magic?
1: That apparently these issues, like they, this article went back to Dragon Age Inquisition, where mm. apparently BioWare, like the developers at BioWare were like basically praying that, uh, that Dragon Age would fail. Because they they wanted the studio or the studio heads to see like you can't run a studio like this anymore. We're, we're burnt out. We're tired. We can't keep crunching at the very end and then just like hoping shit works out. And unfortunately for them, Dragon Age Origins did pretty well. And so the studio heads were like, let's just keep going with this. And so then, uh, yeah, it, they covered some of the issues for why... Um, Oh, God, uh, Mass Effect. Why well, Mass Effect Andromeda did poorly, and then it kind of just snowballed into Anthem, and it. I really would recommend if you're really interested in how such a um. What's the word? I want to say illustrious studio because, like, I mean, Bioware has been around for a long time. They've made, made some masterpieces, and yet they also put out Anthem which by the way apparently anthem was like a, a like a secondary name it was initially going to be called beyond and they couldn't get the the rights to that name so like literally i think the article said like days or weeks before that e3 presentation they just switched the names wow. <laughs> into of uh, the placeholder of anthem which they were like Oh shit! Well, Anthem doesn't mean anything. Well, now we gotta write something into the game to make it mean something.
0: And then now it's like it's the anthem. Everyone must take the anthem. Yeah. And it's yeah. Okay, yeah, so that, that's sad. I so guess that's an- yeah.
1: That's another thing for like why the whole game. I was like, Anthem doesn't fucking mean anything. Why is this game called Anthem? I get like I get there's something called the Anthem of Creation, but I don't know why it's called the Anthem i don't know it, the whole thing is frustrating and strange and interesting i guess uh let's see anything else on that Nah. i, I just say go read the article if if you're interested because it's interesting in my opinion right. All right. so yeah those those are like the two main things i mean
0: yeah those, those main things for me that i played through i wish uh I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm like, I wish I played more of it. And I'm like, wait, do I actually mean that? Uh, I, I'll eventually play more. I'm, I'm assuming like we're going to eventually get into it, but with all four of us on at the same time, we'll see. Um, all right. So that's all you had for gaming. Uh, I mean, I got me. a couple
1: other things I could mention, but nothing I really like, I don't need to talk more about
0: Captain Toad Treasure Track or. No, definitely, yeah, yeah. still good. (laughs) Basically, what we talked about why we need to eliminate. Yeah, yeah. all right. So, uh, there are three games I'll be talking about. The first one is I finished Gears of War Ultimate. Mm. Uh, Like I said before, um, it really brought back a lot of memories from when I was 15 playing at a friend's house on an Xbox, and it was just really, really well done. And it was just that interest of the tone. Compared to the tone of the other two, where you don't really know much at all about what's going on in the world, and compared to like two and three, you're just like you're going underground, you're trying to survive the lambent and all this other stuff. This one's still you're just kind of like what's happening? Oh, you're on a you're on a quest. You got your uh your your party and you're on a quest to blow up the underground uh with these little mini nuke guys, and then this big giant dude with bats attacks you and the bats also eat people at night so watch out for that and also there's these giant things called berserkers that'll fuck you up if you don't destroy them fast enough which actually those were terrifying it's funny those are probably the e- i remember it freaking the shit out of me when i was 15 just being like how the fuck do we beat this thing and not understanding it and then playing it now on insane difficulty that was probably the easiest part of the game I was very surprised yeah, well, I, so I like as long as you I know what I,
1: to do it's not-
0: oh yeah i knew exactly because it was even though i hadn't played in a long ass time i knew exactly what to do i was like oh this is actually incredibly easy and like i said like playing on intent difficulty was just really fun even though like every now and again fighting certain locust groups like i just get the shit knocked out of me and do it maybe like four or five times uh, if i really needed to but it I'm mainly more talking about it just because in terms of, like, starting game difficulty. uh, With games like Uncharted and Bioshock, I've always started on, like, the second highest difficulty. And then when I unlock the highest, I just uh, do that one after, since, like, you couldn't play it in the beginning. And it was just fun to do it on Insane for Gears, just because at a certain point, normal is really cool if you're just trying to collect shit but when starting on a higher difficulty really brings in more of a challenge when certain games that are more narrative driven or like aren't too crazy, like they're more casual if anything. They don't give you too much of a challenge if you know how to play that type of genre or that play style. So it just reminded me, just cause I haven't done it in a long time, uh, that I do like starting games off on higher difficulties if it's usually like specifically shooters and, like, certain action-adventure games and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, just playing it again just really brought back a lot of good memories, uh, that's pretty much all I got on Gears, I wanted to keep it short, and it was a little disorganized, but whatever, uh, next up, so this is a little bit bigger, I beat Red Dead Redemption 2 in the past time since we've last recorded, oh, man, that game, dude, that fucking game, it- Pretty much challenged uh, me of what I thought for my game of the year, which I realized we never did that like 2018 uh, yeah. re- in review episode, which honestly, probably not going to do. Yeah. But uh, originally, like, God of War is my game of the year. And then I played and beat Red Dead 2. And then I'm like, oh, fuck this game. It's amazing. Like, it was crazy. And I'm like, what's my game of the year now? And I'm like, God of War. And the only reason I say that is because Red Dead 2 came out exactly as I expected it to. It did not uh, disappoint at all. It met my expectations of just, like, an amazing game that's beautiful, it's huge, there's so much to do in it, like, it's a full world you're running around in, and that's exactly what I wanted. God of War only gets Game of the Year, besides, like, it's an amazing, like, these games are both 10s to me, I'll be honest, like, they're both 10 out of 10s. Uh, and Ethelheim. okay, maybe almost make God of War, like, a 9.5 or something, (laughs) but that's just because I was annoyed playing it. Um, God of War took a franchise that I played once for each title, not really giving a shit, and not giving a shit about the protagonist, and it was never in any top list of any year of any, like, series or anything at all, ever. And this game turned all of that completely around and blew my mind and basically gave me something where I'm like, holy shit, I care about Kratos, I care about Atreus, I care about God of War. Like, something I never thought I would say after playing, like, what, three PS3 titles and two PSP games and not really playing Ascension because I just didn't want to. You don't have to. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a huge God of War fan and I'm
1: still like, I wish Ascension didn't exist.
0: Yeah. That's a That's harsh. why. That's why. That's why. God of War is my game of the year. But back to Red Dead, dude. That game. You haven't finished it yet, have you? No. I. I got. And that, I got to
1: I, the um, New Orleans type
0: city, and that's about where I am. Okay. And I. I thought, dude. I thought. Um, what's a, uh, San Denis was Saint also Denis, yeah. uh, New Orleans. It turns out my friends, was, uh, a few friends, corrected me. It's actually based off of uh, St. Louis. Really. Yeah, it's based off St. Louis. Mm. I I I know. I thought so too, and then I looked into it more, and I was like, oh okay. Okay. Um, That kind of makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, so oh shit, I can't spoil anything then. Damn dude, you fucking Uh, killing me. I I mean it's big spoilers, dude. I I I I usually
1: say I don't mind too much, but Red Dead seems to be one of those few exceptions that like I should really experience.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so I'll have to do spoiler-free, which is fucking lame, but whatever. Um, The game itself, like, it's amazing. The world is completely, fully interactive, where you have all these different animals running around all the time, making all these different sounds. And, of course, like, back then, civilization hadn't come in everywhere, so, like, it's normal to see these kinds of things, I'm sure. And there is so much I still have to do. Like when I say I beat it, I mean I completed like all the side missions and the story missions. And then like uh, I got through the main part of the game. The game ended, but it didn't. But it felt like it did. Because once you get, there's, now this isn't really a spoiler. There's not one, but there's two epilogues after you beat the initial game itself, which continue the story forward. And it when you play epilogues one and two, it feels like you're playing a completely different game than you were before. Like, you're just kind of like, what's happening, right? It's weird to do it in the same night, too. When you're going from one to the other, because you're just kind of like, I don't even... I don't even know how this transition happened. Uh, it still is really cool. It's just really, really different. Like, the tone itself is different. Uh. I love all the side characters you start to meet like near the end like the final chapter I think it was chapter six I want to say like chapter five and six you start to meet all these characters in the side missions like in the northern area I would say I think was where they were mainly I won't tell you much about them. there was like a hunter an old hunter guy and this uh woman that was out there too uh without giving anything really away uh, well, I guess I could see a little bit more It was like one one was like a, a war vet who likes to hunt and another was a widow Who's like kind of out on her own and the interactions with them were probably some of the most interesting more like investing interactions I've had in the game itself and because it was near the end, but I felt more I guess uh, Connected to those characters Compared to like you connecting with uh, the characters early on in side missions and everything else. I think it's also part of the journey that you have with Arthur Morgan as he progresses through the game itself. You kind of see the tones and the feel of the game change. Also with like kind of the way he's thinking, but also just how people perceive him as well. Where you kind of see the arc he's going through uh, for each chapter and the overall arc he has and how those interactions kind of play out and how certain relationships change for better or for worse depending on the characters it's really it's really really amazing how they were able to pull all of this off and i see like i understand now why like at least like for the game awards that uh, his actor his voice actor i'm sorry i can't remember all their names but he, he like won best acting because there's so much he has to say so many things he interacts with like just the way he talks. Or how he doesn't really say much at all, kind of like Kratos, honestly. Uh, in certain parts, uh, he—it's just truly amazing the way it's all down, and they really outdo characters like Sadie, John, Charles. You have characters you like. I'll tell you right now, dude. This isn't a spoiler, but like you'll always hate Micah. Like if you think Micah is a piece of shit, he's just always you just always dislike that son of a bitch. He's just always a piece of shit. Yeah. Um it's just so fucking good and it's weird because like you kind of see the you see things i mean like this isn't a spoiler you you see the progression to where certain characters get where you see how they become what they are in red dead redemption one for like john and dutch and uh i guess bill williamson and javier stuff like that like it's just all really fucking good and I would also say, dude, fucking horse. Watch out for the horses, dude. So I got the white Arabian horse. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, like, the fastest horse you can get without paying for it. Like, the other ones you get in the stables. This one you have to go all the way to the north to a frozen lake and catch it. And you have to, like, really do a lot of, like, uh, the checks to, like, kind of uh, bond with the horse. Like, break it down first uh, until it rests, it stops kicking you off and shit. Right all that kind of stuff. I got that horse. I didn't have it too long. I think I got to bonding level three out of four. And I'm like, this is the best horse I've had. This is great. And I'm like, oh, what a great horse. I go to a town where somehow I accidentally piss someone off. So they start shooting at me. So I start, I'm like defending myself. I issue back of him. The entire town starts shooting at me. Oh no. <laughs> I'm in a mining town. I'm near some form of explosive and someone shoots the fucking explosive and blows me and the horse up oh no and so i die i go back nearby and it's like oh you can claim like you know you can go to where you died so i go over there to like see and it's like oh claim your saddle at this spot and i'm like claim my saddle oh fuck the horse (laughs) the fucking horse blew up (laughs) i went through all that trouble to get this damn horse and it blew up damn oh my god but there's there's honestly like another uh, later on in the game you find another horse that's really cool um, just cause it had, it's from a side mission and you kind of, I felt a personal relationship to it. I don't know if other people did or will, but like me personally, just cause of my investment with that character and his side quests, it meant a lot, but just like the ending, when you get to the ending of the game, there's like bar no holds, everything just happens and you're just like, holy shit, this is insane. Uh definitely, of course, if you haven't played this game yet, you just should just buy it whenever you can. I heard the online still not working. Um, or at least like from what I've heard, like there's no, you were expecting it to be like a bigger talk like GTA five online was, or like the first Red Dead online, but I guess like things like with Fortnite and Apex are everywhere, but also like you, I don't know. I, I thought it would be bigger. And there's still issues going on within it, so they're still trying to fix a lot of stuff. Like it's still technically a beta, and it's probably not going to be a beta. I mean, it's still going to be a beta, honestly, probably till uh, fall twenty nineteen. I'm gonna guess. Yeah.
1: From anything. what I've Cause... heard, the main issue is like the the money economy for like earn well the amount of time it takes to earn money in online versus how much stuff in the online component costs is supposedly like ridiculous. So, but I haven't, yeah. I can't really say for sure. I haven't played the online myself.
0: Okay. Well, highly recommend this game if you haven't played it. It's so freaking amazing. Like I can, it's a game where I, even without the multiplayer, I'm going to come back to just the single player just because there's so much I still have to do. There's like dinosaur dinosaur bones to uncover. There's uh, a lot of like legendary animals to hunt and just other challenges. You could literally spend like, like
1: hours just like going out just and...
0: running around just going just by yourself yeah. looking for just things. like going yeah. out and
1: hunting for like the perfect yeah. pelt
0: and it's it's so freaking good uh i probably won't for a long time just because now i can go back to like what I, other games i have this year plus my backlog which sort of got back to a little bit technically uh nothing really to talk about i guess uh and then the last game i'm going to talk about Division Two. Hmm. So I started playing that. Uh, this game I honestly was looking forward to more than Anthem, just because I enjoyed the first one. And looking at both, I was more interested in the. I, I liked I like things like Ghost Recon and things like that. So I wanted the more realistic urban warfare feel than the kind of the jetpack exploration world feel. I guess if that makes sense. Uh, this game is fucking great, dude it's so even when you're by yourself it's really fun when you get people just for, maybe for matchmaking or just find like you grew up with friends this game is fucking fun yeah like it's really really good it honestly is the most stable best launching service game compared to like destiny and anthem and stuff like that and division one destiny 2 this is the best out of launch for sure uh it's just really well put together everything runs smoothly but the gameplay itself, so, like, you don't even start out with a class. You're just a division agent. Okay. You don't get your class until after you, like, finish the initial game, which I haven't actually gotten yet. So, I'm actually, the level cap in the game itself is level 30. And then you got, like, five world tiers that so you get through, like, basically, it's, like, the, post, it's the post-game content, basically. Or, like, end-game content. And then you have the dark zone, of course, which you remember the dark zone. Yeah. Yeah, that, that area is... It's, there's a lot more people in it now than when we played Division How 1. How do they explain the Dark And I went as one,
1: because in the first one, it was supposed to be the place in New York where, like, the virus hit the hardest.
0: So, this one is supposed to be uh, each... I think each... I've only unlocked one of the three. I can do them at any time. I'm just, like, I've been periodically doing certain things within the game, especially to kind of benefit my leveling and everything All else. Right. Uh. If I remember correctly for the first one, something happened where it was a sick camp. It was like the uh, quarantine zone. And basically, it just all broke down. So, they left it. Uh, I don't know about the other two. I think each one might have a different story. Which is why. Because the whole thing is the virus spread. It didn't just stay in uh, New York. Okay. It went to other places as well. And the... Place itself like DC is really cool because what was it in Division One you just have the main building you're using in New York and then you have the safe houses and that was it right yeah there's like so the one, this one, one dark
1: zone and then your headquarters which had three yeah, so zones, this ones <laughs> or whatever yeah.
0: wings. so in this one there's the White House of course that's your main zone that's your like main base and everything where you do a lot of upgrades and other things like that and you like populate it with like different uh, people with different specifications: ones for like bounties, ones for dark zone, ones for skill points, ones for crafting, ones for <laughs> for haircuts, and other things like that. Yeah, uh, you I want guess, to customize uh, character. To customize. Yeah, it's more like character? customization, yeah, more. I guess. Yeah, and then there is the settlements. So a new addition is the settlements, and like uh, the overall map, White House is like smacked up in the middle, and then on the left side you have the campus, and the right side you have the theater, which are basically these two settlements that are like. Full, like, I guess, it's exactly what it sounds. It's a settlement of people that have banded together to survive, and they've created their, their own communities. And for each one, uh, they kind of start out in the shits. And what you kind of do building up your base in the first one, you're doing at the White House, but you're also doing at these settlements where you're kind of doing these, what they call projects, which you complete by donating things, doing specific tasks in the certain areas that those settlements are nearby. And as you build up, there's, like, four phases for each one determining, like, it's, uh, it's, uh, how would you call it? Um, it's progression as a, as a community. So, like, you go, they're kind of, like, insecure, they're looking like shit, and then eventually you get things like, oh, here, I, uh, we, I did this project for you, now you have better irrigation. I did this project for you, you have a pharmacy, you have plants to grow, you have crops, you have, uh, an area for children to learn, things like that. Like, you sl- you see these things happen over time with each individual project, and then when you do enough, there's full overall progression, and you see, like, the mood change, you see more stuff added in, and it's just really cool watching different areas do it, just because now you don't have just one kind of giant building. The theater is literally like a movie theater, but instead of it being in the theater itself, it's almost like a roof community village and each different rooftop, they're they're all connecting with like bridges and other things. But each rooftop has different stuff on it, and then the uh, the campus is basically I think it's supposed to be like a college, I guess. And that one's like more of an open, big community, and they have it blocked off by like cargo con- cargo containers that they open and close inside to let you in and out and stuff. And they're just honestly really cool overall. And as you liberate certain districts, like uh, the character, like the the settlements. We'll have more people patrol and come out there. Well, actually, before you do that, sorry, I forgot to mention control points. Control points are really cool. So think of it as there's like four things now. So first one, you have the main building and you have the safe houses. This one, you have the main building, you have the settlements, you have control points, and you have safe houses. So safe houses basically have the exact same uh, use that they did in the last one, where kind of you go in and then you unlock it, you have a new place to fast travel and spawn from, you also have the place that kind of gives you your locations of all these uh, Shade Tech caches which are basically your skill points to unlock skills for yourself but also to uh, unlock and upgrade gadgets that you get like drones, turrets, um, these like pulse, uh, you, like a ballistic shield, all these different kinds of ga- you have like eight different gadgets that are really cool. I personally like people use them for defense, they use it for like more cover shit, uh, for healing. I literally just use completely offensive stuff. So I have like a turret that I can plant somewhere, and I have a drone that I can just send and shoot at people. And I just love being that kind of... I, I like using the tech in that direction, just because I-, I just want more effective firing capabilities. But, uh... So, with the safe houses, you unlock the locations of all the Shade Tech caches, which a lot of them are like either guarded by uh, enemies, which there's different factions now, like the hyenas, which are a bunch of druggies, and Basically, uh, undesirables, just people that... They're like the equivalent, I'd say, of the of the Rikers, I guess, in the first one, where there was, like, all the people from Rikers Island, all the prisoners that escaped. Yeah, The hyenas are kind of like the equivalent, but they're also basically heavily on drugs and other shit. Uh, it's basically just all the gangs together. And then you have the outcasts, who are the equivalent of the cleaners. There are a bunch of people, I think, that were in the quarantine areas that... Uh, no longer wanted to stay, so they broke out and just started destroying everything, and a lot of them went crazy, so they have, like, suicide bombers, uh, they they just have really crazy people, they're insane kind of like the cleaners, where they're like oh, we can clean everything by burning people alive (laughs) and then you have the True Sons, who are, like, the, um who, what were they, what was the military name in the first one, the guys that were, they were supposed, they were like the PMC company not not the um the JDF was on your side so your your guys were the JDF they were the they, it wasn't the division guys like the the no no not the rogue agents it was like um i forget but you yeah. know remember the more military pmc guys yeah. so the true sons are like them they're all former JDF uh troopers and personnel that uh didn't like the the rules and the mission statement so they kind of defected and or they revolted and created their own basically military structure and they're i, I would personally say they're the most organized of the different groups just because hyena's running like fucking crazy people the run running like crazy people the true sons are more like they just seem in terms of difficulty they're the more difficult ones uh they're just better they have better tactics and they don't just run at you like a fucking crazy person uh then there's the Black Tusk people, which are endgame. I actually haven't gotten to them yet, so I'll probably have another giant talk about Division for just the endgame alone, just is more like just the story stuff in the first part, because I actually haven't even seen Black Tusk people yet. Uh, the, the main things is collectibles, there's side missions, there's control points, and then there's random activities from like, you stop executions, enemy radio broadcasts or when they hijack your broadcast you can bring it back and do all this stuff there's like uh territory control there's a lot of different sub activities you can do that just give you more xp and they're just like random things to keep you occupied throughout areas that will they'll just keep respawning whereas control points are actual territories so each district will have maybe anywhere from like maybe one to three control points and it's a Maybe it's a building or a construction zone or some form of territory that one of the enemies holds. You can go in there and start eliminating them, but you can also shoot up a flare, and it'll bring in a squad of like militia of the local people, uh, whether it's like from the theater or the campus, like those types of people, and they'll come in and help you, and they're actually pretty good. Like every now and again, you might have to revive them. But it's honestly pretty rare. They can hold their own. They can actually do a good amount of damage. Not enough to really turn the tide, but also, like, they do enough that uh, you can sort of get away from fire. Uh, They can take bullets, but also you can help them out, and you can flank and do other things. Like, they they make things more uh, easier to tackle, I'd say. And so when you take a control point, uh, that now gives your the district more territory under your control and that team that went with you now control it and you have to actually you can supply them with like water uh ammunition i believe is it ammunition it's water food and it was oh uh i think tech or something like that and you don't necessarily have to always if they're like in need of it then you can always like donate stuff to them that you find everywhere like it's just giant caches you'll find So, but kind of like the
1: camp from Red Dead.
0: A little bit. I would say a lot. It's a lot simpler and not as drastic. I guess because you kind
1: of have to resupply them, but it's like really not not an issue.
0: Yeah, and every now and again they might have to like defend it, but you never really lose it, or at least I've never seen a control point get lost. And what's cool is once you completely like control all the control points, and you have that area they'll just start patrolling all over the place, and you'll have all these militias patrol and just kind of cover the district itself. There'll still be enemies, mind you, but the it's less. That's... And one other cool thing about it is the uh, resources, like food, water, tech, or whatever, they're in certain areas that you, they're like white, green, or red. If it's red, that means that an enemy controls that resource spot, and you can kill them and take it And then, like, eventually the militia will come and use it. Or if it's white, like, same thing, really. They'll come and use it. If it's green, that means they already control it. And what happens is actually once the control points are taken, they will actually have militia groups go out and get the resources themselves.
1: Hmm, That's cool.
0: And they can actually, they'll they'll come back in convoys, and sometimes they'll be attacked by enemies and you can help them out. Other times there's actual enemy convoys of, like, food supplies and everything else, and you can attack them. And it'll show you, like, the full map and their route that they're taking if you want to head them off. Oh,
1: that's and cool.
0: And th- that's honestly a really cool aspect of it. So once you really, like, you take the control points, you secure the safe house and everything else, like, that district is under your control pretty much. And then, like, you just do, like, the main missions and the side missions, which I highly recommend to anyone. Don't do the side missions until, like, level 25, 26, just because they actually... The submissions will... The difficulty or, like, the level range will uh, increase when you level up as well. So you'll get the most... You'll get the best XP from that. The XP will kick up with your difficulty. So if you wait till the end and you, like, finish the single... the, The solo missions won't get you enough. Like, the way I tackled it, the way, like, some friends told me how to do it, is you basically do all the story missions. And when you need to level up or you don't have enough level up to do the next one... You just do the control points and projects if you need to, like control points, then projects, and then once you're done with all that kind of stuff, if you get to like level twenty five, twenty like twenty six, you could just start tackling all the side missions and just knock them all out. Right now, I actually did all the story missions, and then it ends with uh, strongholds, and strongholds are supposed to be like these giant like they're almost think of it as like um, I guess a nightfall strike or like a strike uh they're really big areas it takes a bit of time to it's a lot longer than a story mission where you have to go in and like eliminate the leadership of that faction so like i killed the hyena leadership and each one is like a sub boss instead of like each main mission has the boss at the end this one has like four or something like that and they're all like different times and each one's like a different one's like a flamethrower guy one's like a dude there's like heavily armored guys with a sledgehammer that'll come out only one at a time but basically it takes forever to breach the armor but if they hit you with the hammer they can take you out in like one or two hits Mm. so it gets kind of you have to like fucking run away and shit if you're doing it alone it's kind of annoying but if you're with other people i remember when we first did it in an enclosed area we were just being chased around while all these other enemies were coming in so you just see this kind of heck like going crazy trying not to die from the gunfire trying not to die from the sledgehammer guy who's chasing one of us around or maybe two of us and we're both in this line of sight and it's like oh shit we gotta separate mm. and it's like in an enclosed space so it's just a bitch to deal with but it's so fucking fun especially when you have other people like when you have a full squad of four and you all have mics like it's just a it's a really good time and it's noticeably different like it's it's a fun game to do single player but it's it's really really good with more people uh i think i've done one stronghold so far so i wanted to do more of them but i'm like you know what i'm just gonna tackle all the side missions so right now where i'm at is i'm just knocking out all the side missions and when you do the strongholds, so i believe you unlock the last main districts to take care of i believe once you do all of that is when the end game content unlocks because i'm already at the max level I'm already at level 30 i think i hopefully should start seeing like world tier one stuff pop up soon but unless i have to wait till i do all the strongholds first but once i do that it's supposed to be that the black the black tusk guys the like basically the division hunters that have like the same tech that you do appear start fucking you up and like uh, certain things reset so like uh i think certain missions reset whether well, now they appear and now there's higher mission difficulties so you can do all the main missions again on hard or something, but this time it's like got the twist kind of like, you know how they update strikes in Destiny?
1: Yeah. Like, uh. It's
0: like that, I think, but they replace them with Black Tusk and have like a, a newer story with it where it's like, now these guys are doing something, blah, 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 blah. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing. The president that's alive currently. I think they talk about like three presidents and two of them are dead. And now this is like the third one. The current president, dude, this guy is a fucking... <laughs> I wish he was our president. He's such a badass. You, I, It's not too much of a spoiler, but you actually rescue him. And I'm like, oh, you actually get to see the president? I think, like, they were all dead or something. And he just picks up a gun and just starts shooting shit, tells you what to do, and just, like, kicks shit open and everything. I was like, dude, where are you? Why can't I like S- you right now? I want this dude to just... You should be leading America, man. You're fucking awesome. That's funny. Yeah, Yeah, it's fucking great. All right, I would say, like I said... Highly recommend this game if you like the service games like Destiny and this. Um, if I had to choose between Division Destiny, or Division and Anthem and Destiny, at this point, I haven't played Destiny in a while. I actually do want to get back into it. I'm hoping we could actually play, hopefully, tonight. We'll see. Uh, but I honestly am going to probably jump back into Destiny really soon. Uh, at this point, though, I would highly recommend Division 2 over anything else at the moment for those three types of games. Just because it's new, it's fresh. You have enough time to kind of jump in and just get everything you need to before, like, new content comes out. And the raid hasn't come out yet, so you got plenty of time. Like, okay, you don't have plenty of time before the raid, but, like, there's time. And once you have friends, like, it's a freaking great time. But okay. Cool. Ah, that's everything we played. Let's run through the news. Uh, we got four things. We'll start off with the, probably the biggest one. Uh, we... This is also the oldest one. It's uh, the reveal of the Google Stadia platform, or digital platform, cloud platform, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing with it is it's going to be like seamless transition. So you'll be using the kind of like Google streaming service, which is called Stadia, and this will allow you to play a game. And they showcased like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They showed you playing on, They showed like someone playing on a phone. They then. Stopped or they they pulled up an iPad from the iPhone, or wait they no, basically it wasn't had an like a they
1: had like a table of basically a phone every, a tablet a computer and a TV. yeah like every like screen type of screen that you could use to play a video game on they were like yeah you can use these as long as it can run like a Chrome web browser or is like I think for the TV they were like we use we're gonna use Chromecast which
0: it's yeah cool. yeah and then it showed them basically like start playing Odyssey. they put the phone down, picked up the tablet, continued playing r- without having to save without pausing nothing. They like the game was still in on the phone. They started playing on the tablet like you just see the phone exit out automatically and it shows exactly where you were on the tablet and then you do the same thing with the computer exactly where you were on the tablet you're now on the computer and so on with the TV. And it was pretty. It was like ridiculously seamless. And the whole thing is like it could support four K. They're making it so it can, in the long run, do eight K. I think what was a twenty five megabyte uh, minimum for the streaming itself, which isn't too bad. Like it's actually doable for a lot of people, but it's still the U S. So it's still not. Not everyone can do like, that still in the country, for sure. Yeah, I, I
1: feel like in most of the major cities, you're probably going to be fine. Like, I I don't know. I don't know if you'll get, like, 4K60, but you could at least probably play a game in, like, 1080, no problem. Uh, but, yeah, anywhere with really shitty internet, like the middle of America, you're, it's going to be kind of a nightmare.
0: Yeah uh just i would say i guess if you're in a more rural area that that's it's not going to be for you maybe i have no idea like i, I don't know how it is that certain places but i don't know how this is going to be at certain places either it's all kind of up in the air especially since we live in urban urban areas yeah like it's going to be a lot easier for us if we chose to do that i mean like Another... i
1: tried what google or not um uh, playstation now like a long like a while ago <laughs> to play Catherine, which is not a very fast-paced game. It's a puzzle game. So I did, like at the time, I was like, wow, this runs perfectly. This is totally fine. So clearly the technology can work, and that was just PlayStation using their Gaikai service that they bought or whatever. I feel like if anyone's set to tackle this uh, it, idea or issue... Google could probably get this shit done, but I don't know. I don't know how widely available it's going to be at launch,
0: because it's supposed to launch like yeah. the end of this year. I think. Yeah, in the fall, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they, did they give a price point? I don't remember anymore. No, they they
1: that was like the one major thing that they didn't definitively say that I can think of, because it's still unclear if. You're gonna be buying games from their service like Steam and buying them one game at a time, or if you're paying for a Netflix-style streaming service, yeah. to just play anything. Which I actually, if I'm gonna be honest, I probably maybe prefer this the latter, just because like I I liked. I mean it's more it's easier for the user I guess. Absolutely. There's that and I just I liked that the main I guess idea that they tried to show with their service was just speed of access to games. Like the main thing that they showed was like, hey, what if you're watching some dude play a game on YouTube and you get in the mood to play that game? You could li- there literally just be a button on the side of that YouTube video saying play now. You click it Boom loads the game into Stadia or Stadia, whatever it's pronounced, and that was a really cool idea. But if it's like Steam and you, there's still that play now button, but then you gotta go to the store and buy the game, and just it's not as instant as they would make it sound if it's that way. But I don't know, we still just don't know, yeah.
0: Uh, the two things they really announced that were more like in-house of google is their one piece of hardware for it which is going to be their google controller or the study yeah. controller. uh th- it looks pretty normal honestly uh th- i remember they there was a leak of like a controller that looked atrocious it, and it was a it was really, really fun bland joke for a bit yeah the new one just looks it, it's, it looks plain there's nothing bad about it, but there's nothing like exceptional. It's just like, oh, it's a it's a functioning controller that will get the job it done. Ba- At least that's what it the the look yeah. gave off. It of basically
1: it. looks a lot like an Xbox controller. Yeah, uh, yeah. I um, think the only interesting thing about how it works is that instead of connecting to your devices through Bluetooth, it's going to connect to Google's Stadia service through Wi-Fi. So, what? one, they, they claim that that will reduce input lag, which is supposedly going to... It could be an issue early on. We'll see. Because well, people have been saying, like, if you want to play anything really fast-paced, like a first-person shooter or whatever, you're going to notice that, like, little bit of latency between, you know, you telling your character to do something on your side and then that signal has to be uh, transmitted to their servers to do that action on their server and then for it to get back to you on your screen to see that action happen. Their attempt to minimize that is to have the controller also connect to their service. So you're supposedly, I guess, controlling your character and seeing what your character does at the same time? But I don't, I don't know. It sounds a little too good to be true. But the main benefit of that, I think, is that like that really seamless transition you were talking about between the phone and iPad and, and uh, desktop. That was because the controller wasn't connecting to those individual um, devices. It was just constantly connected to just the cloud, and it was just controlling whatever. Was the most current instance of that game on whatever was the most current screen, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. It's it's it, it's honestly really cool. Like I, watching it, I did not. I was like, I'm not gonna care about this at all, before I watched it, and then I watched it, and I was like, okay, this is pretty. Like it's really interesting. It's really cool. It's it's a it's a big new, I guess, style of playing, yeah. in terms of like. Uh, you're not playing on you can play on the go, you can play at home, you can play anywhere. And the whole thing is like stadia is uh, I forget what the translate like it, it means arena. It's
1: supposed to be the plural of arena, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> apparently it's not stadiums, it's stadia.
0: Or yeah. whatever. So that that was really cool. Um the on it, the most interesting thing is they announced that they have a studio a stadia development team now. So they have an in house first yeah. party. Uh, development studio and it's headed by jade raymond who as you know before she she created uh she was the one that founded motive studio they worked on the story for star wars battlefront 2 uh not really the best thing but no Uh, and then uh she also i believe worked at ubisoft montreal i think she worked in some part of canadian ubisoft on the eastern side i that's all i remember correctly Uh, I think it was Montreal. I think I could be wrong, but that's what I believe. But she's got a very good, she's got a very good resume, and she basically is obviously led a lot of people. So this is a really good spot. Like they got a really good person for this, and uh, she will probably create something really interesting because this they'll have their own basically first party game. It'll be a Stadia first-party exclusive game that only you can get on this console and or this platform i guess you can't even say console anymore uh it'll be interesting to see if it is a system seller yeah is this a killer app that you need to have is it like do you have to buy it just for this game because like obviously xbox it was it was halo was what xbox needed playstation had a ton of different ones, Nintendo had Mario and Zelda, like, each one had their own, like, Sega had Sonic, each one had their own games, like, series that really kicked them off and solidified their, uh, spot there. For Google, they are relying completely on third-party, besides this one first-party, creating probably most likely just one game to begin with, which is, honestly, they could do multiple titles, possibly, but I would highly recommend against that, just because... Just start with one, just to see how it does. Uh, you want... If it's gonna be their first ever, you want it to be really, really, really good. And if in order for it to be really good, you need full attention on it. No other distractions, other side titles, other things like that. Like, this has gotta be something that knocks everyone out of the park and goes, I need to get this service. Uh... Which, depending on the, the... It could be something really easy. Like, if it's a cheap service that maybe I just want to get my material f- momentarily for this one title, then that would be pretty cool. And I might do that and, like, get the, con- the controller for the fuck of it. Who knows? Personally, though, how would you... How, what How is your interest in this? Like, how tempted are you to jump onto this platform compared to, like, we already have, like... Before, I was just on PlayStation. And then I, like eventually like got pc and handheld and stuff and then i broke on to xbox 360 and then like going into this generation i had everything and got a switch as well so now i'm like in pc playstation switch xbox i'm in like all those different platforms i did not go into the vr i consider vr its own area with its own subsections like psvr Vive. yeah that's uh, pretty fair the um oculus and stuff and i just that that's an area i actually chose not to do uh for you how what would you say for this for stadia specifically so i'm interested
1: like it's going to depend on how much it costs to to either buy a game on their service or um to stream it and whatever however if like if it's a subscription or whatever but uh, one of the main things that interests me is that they claim that like anything that can run chrome can stream these games which means that my macbook which almost no games run for it i now have an access to as many computer games as i want because my macbook isn't running it google is So I can actually get into PC gaming-ish if I wanted to now. It's still not, like, something I'm super into, but I just like the idea that it's... If it is as easily accessible as they are claiming it to be, I could literally just, like, go to the library and, like, study for a while and then take, like, a 15, 20-minute game break and just literally... I would just, like, pull the controller out, put my headphones on or whatever, play something for a bit, and then, like, X out of the browser and be back to my work. Like, as opposed to, you know, if I wanted to try something like that now, like, I, I wouldn't want to bring my Switch to the library. That'd that be a little overkill, I think. I, I don't know why. Uh, but then, like, like I could remote play my PlayStation, but that's never been super great. I don't know. I just... I like the idea they're trying to sell of your games available everywhere. Like, that's really cool. I am just not 100% um, certain that they can deliver on the 4K 60 frames a second over Wi-Fi that they were uh, uh, claiming. Like, it... I also kind of like that it there's less of a barrier of entry to try this service because there's no console to buy. It's literally just you're playing your game on your computer or whatever. You don't need a, a controller. You don't need to buy their controller. You could,
0: it, in, a, in a way, it saves you a lot of yeah, money. So, so, and takes up less space.
1: So at the very least, I find it interesting how much more accessible that this service makes games to a lot of people, but I don't know if I'm personally going to buy into it immediately.
0: Okay. Yeah. For me, uh, I, I'm i going to be completely honest. I'm not going to get it at all, for sure. Like, 100% for sure, and not going to do it. I'm still a very, like, I've always been physical disc, I've always been console... Mm-hmm. I love playing on PC, but like PC, I play more like strategy RTS exclusive games there. And phones, I've actually kind of cut myself off from phone games. Like, uh, I'm going to play Blades. That's out now, but I haven't touched it yet. Otherwise, like I pretty much fell off of Pokemon Go, which was the last thing I had. Game of Thrones Ascent uh, closed down. So I've never really tried to replace them with anything. I'm just like, I can have more time doing other things like read, play my Vita or something like that. I don't see myself wanting to play a console game on a phone or a tablet. I can see myself playing it on a computer, but that's a different story completely. I don't see myself wanting to pay extra for something when I do already like the... Like, comparing it to, like, let's say PlayStation and Xbox. Those both have exclusives that I'm interested in. And I honestly do like usually their hardware that they do come out with. And it's more... For me, it's more secure for me personally. I don't think having that streaming service will do me personally any good with the way I play, basically. The only thing I could see myself, because the whole thing, I, I honestly think the streaming is gonna be better than I expected. Like just the, its connectivity, its stability. I think it'll be a lot better than what I originally thought of streaming in general But I just don't think it's still going to be the best Like in terms of like streaming versus playing on a hard disk on a game console Those have always been Like I, I'm, I'm always going to be part of that old guard for the most part What would actually get me to at least Get the controller and get a limited time subscription would be whatever their first party team creates if it is truly something it's like it's the same thing if like uh, a streaming service for like uh apple's tv or uh someone else or something if it's a game that is so amazing maybe it's multiplayer single player but it's really interesting the stories awesome. It's like a world I want to jump into. It's like back then when I didn't play any, I didn't play Xbox at all. I just played PlayStation and I'd go to my friend's house just to play Halo or Gears of War. It has to be like that. It has to be that Halo or Gears of War game that really kicks me in where I'm like, holy crap, I have to get this at least just for this time. Like I'll I'll get the controller just for this game. I'll subscribe maybe for this month or two or something and just try it out. Play it. If it's a multiplayer game, maybe they get me. It just, it has to be really, really, really good. Without this game, this whole platform means absolutely nothing to me. And it's like, I've said it before, I'll say it again now, I'm a Microsoft employee, so anything I do say does not reflect the opinions of Microsoft as a whole or anything else, These are just my personal thoughts. Uh, Like, xCloud. Uh, it sounds really awesome the way they do it. It's like just like this basically. You can play on your. It's possibly uh, you can play on your phone, tablet, PC, Xbox. Uh, there's rumors that it could be the Switch. Like I don't know these things, but maybe the Switch or something like that. Like that. Uh, that would be awesome. But also, I'm not really one for that kind of thing, either. I prefer just playing on the Xbox or PC. I don't want to play on a phone, whether it's like Halo or something like that. I just want to stick to what I got already. The only thing I might make an exception to would be the Switch, only because it's got a full arrayment there for me that was already existing, that I have, so I'm like, perfect, I was going to play the Skyrim on Switch anyway, which I am going to. Uh, do I, I can play, I don't know, I, I would think about maybe not necessarily Halo but maybe something else similar because Halo I do want on a big screen or something like that, but maybe a smaller game like uh, that's more of an my Xbox exclusive indie style thing or something like that. That's more of what I would use it for specifically.
1: Uh, but I could see playing, yeah. trying to play a few games of Apex Legends on the phone or whatever, something not like, like I wouldn't want to play a huge story game or whatever. On a tiny little phone, I, that I would want a big TV to appreciate, but like something like a multiplayer game, I feel would be fine for mobile gaming. But I don't know. Also, I should probably clarify for me, like I say that this the service it depends on like its worthiness to me depends on how much it costs. But that's also looking at it from the lens of what if I had no gaming stuff whatsoever. Like, I'm probably more in the same boat as you, where, like, I already got a PlayStation, I already got an Xbox, I already got a Switch. I don't need Stadia. I just think it's a cool idea, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could be useful for other people. It could be useful, honestly, for the younger generation and those that really like they don't have, yeah, if they don't have a console and they're like, oh, I could just jump on my PC and my phone and my tablet and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I feel like... That'll honestly be probably great for them. I feel like those are the main... Yeah, like I said, not my cup Yeah, of tea. I feel
1: like those are the main people that are going to benefit most from something like Stadia. Like, if you're just starting out in gaming.
0: Yeah, like, at this point, at least in terms of, like, digital to physical content, I'm still very much physical, but I, I have started to integrate more digital gaming content than I used to before like if let's say uh I buy a physical game and it immediately like comes down like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold then uh I'll probably end up selling that game that I got physically because I'm like well I have it twice really Uh, if it's not one I really really like if it's like something small like uh, for me it was like I no not Bloodborne I would have bought Bloodborne physically but then it came on PlayStation Plus like that's a game I probably would have sold the physical copy I'm doing it for Mad Max like uh Mad Max came out on PlayStation Plus, so I'm selling the physical copy I got. Whereas, like, if it was maybe uh, Elder Scrolls came out digitally, I'd probably still keep the physical version or, like, uh, Resistance or something like that, even though that game's, like, pretty dead. Anyway, uh, but, like, Assassin's Creed, I think, is the biggest one for me. I've started buying those games digitally just because they've been more affordable. It just depends on the affordability uh, in terms of the digital... Uh, in comparison to the physical. If it's just really more affordable and more convenient at that time, then I'll do it. Otherwise, normally, I will probably choose physical out of the usual day.
1: That makes sense. Okay.
0: That was probably our longest one. Uh, The next three will be uh, probably shorter. Uh, Let's try to keep this under an hour and a half if we can. We got like 19 minutes, though. We'll see. Next up is PlayStation State of Play that they did. Uh, So this is... Their version of like Nintendo Direct, uh, Xbox, uh, Inside Xbox, that's like both shows that are usually like multiple times a year, sometimes monthly, depending. They showed pretty much what? Just Days Gone and a lot of PlayStation VR titles, right?
1: Yeah, I think there were a couple indie things too. I honestly, I remember I watched the PlayStation State of Play and I wasn't too interested in too much. I was I was more just blown away by the format of the video itself was like literally almost exactly a Nintendo Direct. With like this Which isn't bad. No, no, like it's it's not. if
0: they did it if you if they do it good, just do it like them, honestly. Like just just don't even think about it. Just go this hey, they did it good, we're gonna do it just like this yeah. as well.
1: I just thought it was funny that you could literally swap the PlayStation
0: Blue out for Nintendo Red and it's like the oh, yeah. same <laughs> layout. Uh But yeah, I mean... There was a lot of pushback on the content. I mean, like, a lot of people were eh. pissed. Like, everyone was pissed off. Like, I've never seen that much backlash. The whole thing I think I saw on YouTube, they posted it. And then there were so many dislikes that they deleted it. And then posted it again. And then in the comments said, you can't delete your dislikes, Sony. You can't get away with that. Oh. (laughs) Like, that was, yeah, that was in the, like, comments on YouTube and shit. That's funny. It's there, I would say there's two two ways of looking at this. One is from the the Sony side. Is they never said what exactly they were gonna cover. And then they showed a lot of PSVR stuff, which honestly is really cool if you have a PSVR. Uh, it shows they still have a full like they have still f- full support of the platform unlike like like what happened with Vita and move and stuff. Uh, there's still a lot of stuff coming out and then it's it's just showing that it's alive, and then it's showing certain things that are coming out soon, like Days Gone and stuff like yeah. that, which it's, like, they didn't do it in a bad, like, it was done well. It wasn't bad or anything. Yeah, I thought it
1: was a fine pre- presentation, it's just I think a lot of people were hoping for, I don't know what else,
0: but I guess no one wants... People wanted, it was almost like they wanted to see what was going to be at E3, basically. Oh. They were expecting E3 level shit, it felt like. People, I, they, were, they were not expecting just PSVR, they were thinking we're going to see new titles new announcements stuff kind of like the way inside xbox does which i will say they actually do i've watched it it's been part of my job almost practically to watch it, uh, it it's like done really well where they talk about they have interviews with uh, creators they talk about new reveals like in one of the recent ones they had like mortal kombat character reveals and stuff like that and talk to the creators of mortal kombat and stuff Oh yeah or like one of the that yeah, mortal the kombat developers.
1: trailer that was in place as uh, state of play was actually really good
0: yeah, so, like, they did the same thing. Sony got one, too. Uh, my only thing I would say is I would also like to see people in it. Like, I want to see, like, maybe the developer talking about it for a split second. That's fair. Or just have someone talk, like, hey, welcome to the state of play. This yeah, is what happened. That's,
1: that's, like, the one thing that they were missing from, uh, uh, like, Nintendo, generally for their directs, they do have someone that's, like, in front of the screen to be, like, on to the next thing. Snap.
0: Yeah, and it's, it just, I don't know, just have someone behind a game is always nice. Uh, but someone that made it, obviously, or, like, someone just kind of narr- commentaring everything that's coming overall. But someone that's from within the company, personally, I would say. Uh, it's, yeah, so that's both sides. One's, like, uh, they never said exactly what they are going to do, and what they did do was really good. On the other side, they, it's not what I, it, it really, people are just angry because it's not what they wanted it's not what they wanted to see specifically which honestly i would say personally sony should have thought that through in the fact that like this is their first one they're kicking it this is the first one they're doing they should open big and not on a more like an add-on content platform that has games that's the like or if they since they did do that they should have stated beforehand saying that they were going to do vr like it would just would have been a lot cleaner i guess you could say there would be a lot less blowback if anything if they said it beforehand or if they kind of did a more of like a regular game showing things and then do like vr another on the second one
1: i can see what you mean because like nintendo They've gotten into some trouble themselves a few times where they say, like, N- Nintendo Direct coming. And people were like, oh, my God, is it that thing that we were, like, super excited for? And it's like, no, it's just some tiny little thing or whatever. So they, in yeah. more recent Directs, they've actually started saying, like, you know, tomorrow we have, like, an eight... Literally, they were specific like, an eight-minute Pokemon Direct on the one Pokemon game. Like, there you go. And then, like... They also occasionally have like a, a Nintendo Direct for just like a litany of indie games coming to the, the store. But they're clear on like, don't expect this one to be a big one. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I thought the state of play was fine. It kind of makes me want to get a PlayStation uh, VR. But I'm also at this point like, they're probably going to announce PlayStation 5 at like, e3 or whatever that or whatever they do around e3 yeah i feel
0: but like that, they also, they have also might have VR, like, like
1: playstation vr anywhere. like a playstation vr 2 maybe
0: i don't know yeah we, i think we were saying at the same time it just cut oh. out so we we're saying basically the same thing over each other yeah probably so i uh, will probably have to cut that out yeah. sorry so yeah i don't know uh but yeah basically a playstation vr 2 or some upgraded peripheral they'll probably have with ps5 or something like that uh Like I said, I'm probably still not going to get a VR system just because I don't need another thing to add on to my giant fucking mountain of shit. That's fair. So I'm okay for now. Uh, Even if it is really cool, like, if it was maybe something, I don't know, I just, I don't need another thing. Like, the Switch was an exception just because of its portability. I'm not using that as a home console, like I said before. Like, this is just my portable console now besides the Vita, which I'm sure, still trying to finish that backlog. And then I'll just be basically silly on the Switch and then, like, blades on my phone, and that's yeah. it.
1: Speaking of, like, um,
0: not great VR, I find it
1: – well, I don't know. We really don't know. I find it really strange that the Switch is actually going to have its own version of VR.
0: Oh, yeah, the Labo VR. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how well that'll turn out, but it's, it's an interesting uh, idea. I, just, <laughs> I don't – if it's with Labo, I just think it's probably just for kids, really. Uh, for I sure. I have no idea. I, I'm not – I don't care, really, okay. to be honest, but – All right, next up, uh, last two pieces of news. Uh, Borderlands 3 was announced and revealed and everything. Uh, They also announced, like, Borderlands Game of the Year edition and everything else. I actually started playing my new uh, co-op split-screen game to play with my friend on Thursdays is now Borderlands 2. And we're going to do pre-sequel right after that, uh, just because I never finished 2. So I'm like, all right, we'll just do that, both of those on the Handsome Collection for Xbox. The new game, though, looks... It looks fine. I know a lot of people are freaking out over it, and then there's a lot of backlash and behind the scenes shit with Gearbox, and there's all this stuff with Epic Epic and Steam and crap. I don't really, we don't really need to talk about all that stuff. I feel like it's been beaten like a dead horse. All right, let's just make it simple. Are you interested in this game?
1: I am. That. The weird thing is that most of my interest in the bio, wait, no, uh Borderlands Gearbox, and, um, uh, yeah, Borderlands. The most of my interest in the Borderlands universe, weirdly enough, didn't come from the. G- it was Telltale. Yes, it was the Telltale game because that game was like freaking hilarious and one of my favorite like narrative games I've ever played because it's just so well told and so funny. Uh, like I literally did not like. Like I liked the Borderland uh, games before. Like I played one, I finished it. I don't think I finished two, but they're fun games. But I was never super into it till Tales from the Borderlands. So that's, I guess, where most of my excitement for three is coming from. Is like I, I like, I want to see those characters again and all that stuff. Like Reese is apparently already going to be in the game, although he's not going to be voiced by Troy Baker or whatever, which is strange. Uh, but I'm kind of with you. I wasn't super excited by what we saw in the trailer already, except, like, the one thing that made me go, oh, that looks kind of cool, was when they started going over the different locations you go to, and it actually seemed pretty varied this time. Because in the first one, it just seemed like different variations of forest or swamp. Uh, Second one was pretty similar. Like, I think they added, like, an icy area in the beginning. But... In this one they showed like a wide variety of areas including one looked like this huge like metropolis city like i want to see what uh, what sh- going around shooting guns and, sh- and shit in like an urban setting is like although if that ends up just being some random town you go to to do to get like uh quests or whatever that would be a little disappointing but i don't know I'm interested so far, just because I already I like the comedy of the series, but we'll see how well it turns out. Like we don't know anything about the the main two villains other than their siblings. Uh, yeah,
0: and they just kind of look very. I don't know. They look just. It's like, oh, look, we got edginess. Basically, in. yeah. <laughs> we are the edge lords, but. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. The variety of guns sounds super fun, but that's always a really cool thing.
0: Yeah. It's it's just pretty much like full generation of them. There's some of them will be like barely any differences between a lot of them, but it's yeah, it's just the The Numbers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A Bazillion guns.
0: Yeah, the I used to be semi interested in Borderlands. Like it's never been a top franchise for me. The... First game, I made the mistake of really playing alone, so I didn't really care too much about it. Like, I got through it to moreively just get through it back then. And then the second game, I think I got halfway through, like, uh, the last thing I played was when the, the base gets moved, like they're moving the base in the air or something. That was what, and then I kind of, my friends I was playing with, uh, played like without me for a day and then like basically the progress kind of got fucked up. So I just stopped playing Mm -hmm. and now it's like the first time I'd be playing again. And I remember the first one being, it was fine. Like it's just never been my like main franchise uh, back then. Like it it was really cool as a co-op player just because there weren't too many like that back then. It was what like Borderlands and Left 4 Dead, I think. And then Left 4 Dead's been gone forever. Borderlands was the only really one of its kind. And then Destiny came out. Like, Borderlands is more interesting in a pre-Destiny world, whereas now, like, you have all these kind of service open world crazy games, Destiny Division, Anthem, I guess. Borderlands 3 is coming where I'm getting it for sure, but I'm getting it only because my friends that I basically play Anthem with are going to be getting that, and will play as a full squad, run through it, and then I'll be done with it, and I probably won't touch it again. I don't see much interest in it besides that. It's more of like a fun thing to play with my friends than it is a world and uh universe I really want to personally explore. I know a lot it's really like its style its it's lore and everything else is popular with other people, but just personally it's just not my cup of tea. Uh but still something I will play and probably enjoy at a certain level. Yeah. Yeah,
1: those games yeah, are never really little... deep in story. They're just fun to play.
0: Yeah, and, and also personally, I never, like, their the humor has never really gotten me no? at all. No? Nah. Uh-huh. nah. And then the last one is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order had a full reveal, or like a cutscene, and then some talk about it. Uh, EA made sure to <laughs> emphasize, so this is coming off like Star Wars Celebration just happened, so this is actually our, our new piece of news that is actually new uh the celebration just happened there was a full cutscene reveal i mean like a cinematic trailer and the whole thing is you're a padawan between episodes three and four you escaped order 66 and you pretty much just, just blending in with society trying to just survive you work with people something happens where you reveal your force abilities and the empire comes after you using a sith inquisitor kind of like in star wars rebels So you're fighting one of the Seventh Sister... Or one of the Sister... I think it's the Seventh Sister or the Second Sister. One of the two. Uh, One of the Inquisitors and Purge Troopers, who are specially trained Stormtroopers to go after Jedi, are hunting you down and you meet some other characters along the way and you have your trusty little droid. And the whole thing is, like, it says, trust no one, just trust the Force. You'll get a lightsaber down the line. It's blue. It's... It looks honestly really interesting because it seems very story heavy in terms of like your the the fact that you have to like your your character is blending in in society there's like a full it's more about like the character in this world than it's about like the, you look at battlefront it's about the just craziness of fucking battles and shit this is more of a personal story yeah which is what i'm really excited for I'll, and
1: what was it i liked the the shot in the trailer when he's forced to use his power to like save someone falling into what looks like a giant sarlacc or whatever. If you notice in the background, one of those probe droids is like floating around, and like that's that's how they see. Like I thought initially, he like the person who save he saves like outs him because like oh what if what if the first order finds out that I know there's a jedi they'll kill me too. But no, it's literally they just like happened to see like you doing something, which makes sense that like the first order would have spy drones like everywhere, especially since it, it looks like your job or the main character's job is like salvaging, uh, old ships or something like that. Yeah. At least in the beginning yeah.
0: before you get to sure. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it seems and, like pretty much right after that he has to go on the run. Yeah. And the name, the name of the pad one is Cal Kestis. The cool thing is he's played by Cameron Monaghan. Yep. He's the Joker uh in gotham so i was like oh this is really interesting and someone made up a point where they're like hey look uh luke skywalker went from star wars he left star wars to become the joker and now the joker is leaving batman to become like a a jedi it's funny it's a funny it's a funny reversal there where both are both are jokers and both are jedis Uh, it's it's very it's an exclusive club (laughs) it's, it's uh I don't know, how what would you call it? It just it's it's destiny. It just makes sense. It's like poetry, it, it rhymes. works so well. <laughs> yeah, it is it's poetry, yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, it's supposed to come out on the when's this come out the Oh yeah, here. November fifteenth. Yeah. yeah, November fifteenth this year on Xbox PS4, PC, Origin. Or PCB origin. Yeah. I'm excited because I'm, inter- yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in this game. Uh, EA may, may, went out of its way to say Uh, no multiplayer and no microtransactions yeah all story and all single player i already was kind of expecting that to be honest but they're very much trying to like let's put it this way guys they've gone to shit with like things like battlefield with battlefront with battlefield battlefront and like mass effect andromeda and the an anthem And just, like, everything from microtransactions, the development, the releases, things have been getting fucked up. Like, all these things have been going bad. Whereas their one studio that has, basically, it does no wrong, so far that everyone's seen and always kind of looked at as. But also they created Middle of Honor, Allied Assault. They created Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 1, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. Like, these guys did a lot, and now they, like, they brought EA some goodwill with Apex. Respawn entertainment is who i'm yeah. talking about and then now they're doing this new star wars game that looks really cool and i honestly haven't seen anything bad from respawn yet honestly i oh, this is also coming before i've played titanfall 2 Ooh, but i didn't really what really, i did try yeah so i haven't like tried titanfall 2 yet i loved all their call of duty Mon- medal of honor stuff i have enjoyed apex compared to other battle royale games but also like uh it's like it's not crazy for me. It's more of like a relaxed game where I jump on every now and again to just kind of yeah. shoot the shit uh, compared to everything else I play. But they haven't steered me wrong yet, so I have a lot of hope for this because Respawn's just... They're honestly one of my top developers, for sure, top five.
1: Honestly, yeah. the I probably enjoyed... Granted, it was shorter than I was hoping it to be, but the Titanfall 2 campaign, I probably had more fun with overall than the multiplayer. And like, not to say that the multiplayer was bad. It was really fun. It was just way too stressful and fast-paced for my taste. So I kind of fell out of that pretty quick. But the story was actually like really fun, really entertaining. And there was at least one level towards the end that did some really creative things gameplay-wise that made me go like, huh, shit. These guys know how to make a good campaign, Uh which actually makes sense because didn't they do Modern Warfare Two, which is yeah, one that's, of what the, like, <laughs> yeah
0: that's what I said. They were those one of the games. That yeah, which
1: did. is like one of the best first-person shooter campaigns in a long time, I guess, or at least it, at the time it was a really good one. Uh, yeah,
0: I like personally. I like Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare One. Yeah, more. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, they were they were both really good. But yeah, all right.
1: Um. So, I just That's because they did such a good job on Titanfall 2's story and I know it's like pretty unrelated other than it's also science fiction. I think I'm just, I am already interested in the story that they have put forward so far for Fallen Order. Now I just want to see the gameplay and I knowing Respawn, I think they will probably make something at least fun.
0: Yeah. Alright, so that's pretty much everything. Oh, I do want to say, I did try... This is very, very brief, sorry. I did try to do some of my backlog. It was Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Those games are really (laughs) bad, don't play them. Uh, Now, that's at least three small games chopped off of my older list. But okay, so that was our end of the gaming half. If you would like to contact us, uh, you can email us at suturesidetalk at gmail.com. I'll be one of the first, that'll be awesome we'll probably read it out loud unless it's not good yeah. <laughs> of course um you can follow james at invaderjim124 and i will actually no longer be followed at under, uh, underscore raider underscore i have changed my twitter along with my psn name because psn names can now be changed you they have all been uh my steam my psn and my twitter have all been universally changed to my new name that some may find really really dumb I think it's hilariously fun. It is now, you can follow me at GoGoComZilla, which is like the Blueyister cult song, GoGoGodzilla, and of course I love Godzilla, and I just took out the G O D and put K A M. uh Yes, that may sound stupid, but it is fucking great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, follow me at GoGoComZilla. Uh, until then, though, uh, we will have this out first, and then we will have the movie tv episode out within a couple days like i said before Uh, until then you guys have a good one
1: thanks for listening
0: oh and of course listen to this on spotify apple google music and soundcloud all right have a good one you guys